Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. You need to understand the type of person I am, okay? If, if, if you're around me a lot, you, you'll be able to see this, and that is, first of all, I am a person who loves finish lines, so, so for me, like when I, when I start, one of my finish lines, for instance, today is Sunday at 1.30. Sunday at 1.30 means I've made it through the Sunday finish line. I'm sprinting. I'm going to be sprinting through Sunday. And once I hit 1.30, it'll all be done and it, it will, it, it'll be taken care of. And so here's the deal is sometimes we look at life this way where we're, we're here and the finish line is there and then we, we run, we sprint as, as hard as we can and we get to the finish line. But there's also something in life that drives me crazy and that is that life is also full of circles. In the midst of my straight race from point A to point B to get to the finish line, that God gives us a number of, of loops that we go through. And so, as an example, for me, you know what's going to happen in one week? I'm going to be back up here again. And it's going to be like, oh my gosh, I already ran this race. This, this seems oddly familiar. And so, I'm telling you, this goes throughout your life. Example, my wife and I were on vacation. Uh, in this vacation, it was 14 days I drove 4,300 miles in 14 days. And so what happened is, on the one hand, it was, it, it was, it's a long distance. But then in the midst of every day, you get up and you get in the car and it's like, I've been here before. I, I've been here before and this keeps, this keeps going again. It's like I, I, I wind up in the same place every day. And so... I want you to think about this in your life a little bit. So, if you are someone who has recently had a baby, okay, do you know that the average number of diaper changes for a child by the time they're potty trained is roughly, give or take, 10,000 diapers per child for, until they are finally potty trained? So if you have a, um, a, a baby that's maybe a month old, the good news is you only got like 9,700 more to go. So you're, you're making, and so what happens is with the, I think you'll see this, it's like as you're changing the diaper, you're gonna say, I was just here three hours ago. And it's, it needs attention again. And, and that is the case. Okay, this is kids worship, right? So here's what I want you kids to think about. In an average year, in, so starting in August, because school's going to be starting again, one year of school is a roughly 900 to 1,000, 1,000 hours of school. So if you're someone who's, who's going to be in kindergarten, the good news is in 13,000 hours of school you will be done with high school and then only have maybe four or 8,000 more to go after that for your career. And here's what's gonna happen in the midst of those. 
it's a long line, but it's a circle because you're going to get up for school, you're going to go to school, you're going to get your homework, you better do it. (laughs) Then you're going to go to bed, then you're going to get up in the next day. Repeat, 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 pray for holidays, pray for rain days, whatever. And, and so that's what you do. Now, here, here's the other way it works. So if you are a child who's in diapers right now, you only have 10,000 diaper changes to go to be followed by roughly 20,000 hours of schooling And then, as the reward, you get to go into roughly 100,000 hours of work that you will do over your lifetime. So this is what I found, is that when I'm running through the finish line and I cross the finish line, the finish line's not a finish line, it's the starting line for the next race. And, And so... What we feel like, man, I don't know if we have the picture there of the, uh, what it can feel like in our lives, yeah. That's what it looks like. It's, it's, it's like we're, we're going, there's energy being used all the time, but I don't seem to be going anywhere. But here's what I found on my vacation, and, and the vacation was a great way to see it, is that even though that was happening, I would wake up every day 300 miles farther down the road. That's how much it came to, by the way. 300 miles a day is how much I covered. But each day I saw progress. Then I made progress from the Missouri River to the Black Hills, to Mount Rushmore, to Cody, Wyoming, to Yellowstone Park, to the Grand Tetons, to Zion National Park. And what happens is even though you're going through the cycle, There's always something there that that is keeping us going. Now, the problem is, is if you feel like that hamster on the wheel, maybe in your life what you are going through is you are not seeing the progress. That when you're doing this, you're making these repeated trips to the doctor's office and I feel just as sick as when I started. That, 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 that this is not stopping, that, that when I make the repairs on the house, it's like just the next thing happens and it just, I am not making progress in my relationship, in my marriage, in, in whatever it is at work. And that is so frustrating because when you feel like you are not making progress, what it makes you feel like doing is stopping. Let's give it up. What, what difference does it make? Because all this effort, all I'm doing is running in circles and it's not helping. If you ever feel like that, and it is, it's my prayer that today as we go through this, that you might think of a cycle that you are in, that you feel like you are not making any headway, I want you to think of it specifically and apply the truths that we have because they're, they're so helpful. Because what we're gonna see is Jacob And as Jacob was going through life, we've talked about a number of things that have happened in his life. It's like one thing after another, one one hardship after another, that he falls down in every lesson just to get back up and and fall down again. But on this day, what what Jacob is able to see is that he's, he's gone not only distance, that in all the circles he's been running, he's been making a big loop. And it's a big loop that God has in mind for him so that on this day, on these special days, this doesn't happen every day, guys, but on this day, 
he was able to stand at a place and say, I've been here before, but by virtue of being here, I see how God has blessed me and it strengthened my faith in him and I see where he is taking me. And when you do that and when you see God in that way, it gives you the strength to continue to move forward because you realize it is him. He is the one, God is the one. Jesus Christ as our savior keeps moving us forward. So let's go into the message today and see how God moves us full circle. Where we're gonna start is, this isn't Jacob, it's Psalm 138, but, but it's, the reason why I chose this is because this explains in a broad way what I was just trying to explain. Psalm 138, verse eight. The Lord will finish the work he started for me. The Lord will finish the work he started for me. Oh Lord, your kindness lasts forever. Do not turn away from the works of your hands. And so what, what the psalmist is talking about is bringing this to completion. And, and as we look at what the Lord has started in us, I, want you, I don't want you to think line. I want you to draw a circle here. I, I need you to draw a circle because when we look at what the Lord does is, is he continues, it, we don't, it doesn't ever end. It, it's always a continued circle of, of going back to him and living our life, going back to him and living our lives, hearing his promises and going forward. And what the psalmist has realized is that when God helps me to complete a loop, where it leads him is to say, your loving kindness lasts forever. Then I'm going to look at all the loops that I've gone through, see how I've progressed, and then, Lord, through everything that has happened, give you praise. In the blank, you can write, God brings me full circle when he finishes what he starts in me and then continues to work in me. So we thank God that he finishes the circle and then we thank him that he starts the next one as I continue to move forward. So what we're gonna do now is look at this in the life of Jacob. Remember, Jacob, when he, he, he had to leave his family, his brother was going to kill him, he stopped at Bethel, and it was at this place in Bethel that he slept for the night. He saw a stairway with angels coming down and angels going up to heaven, and they're making this circuit. And, it, and it's there that he realizes this is, called, this is the house of God, which is what, what Bethel literally means. It, it's Hebrew for house of God. And then he says, okay, God, here's the deal. I'm, I'm trusting you to protect me. And one day I'm going to return here. And I don't know when that's going to be. But when I do, Lord, if you have blessed me, then I'll know without a doubt that you are the God of, of the God who takes care of me and the God that I will give all my praise. Okay, so, so we go to Genesis 35. And this is just as he, he's, he's now left the land where Laban is, he has his, his whole family and everything that he has amassed. He's already met Esau and his brother who was trying to kill him and that relationship for the most part has been uh, taken care of and he realizes his brother's not going to kill him. So this is what happens. Then God said to Jacob, so I think it's important to see this. This is God's idea. Then God said to Jacob, Go up to Bethel. Go up to the house of God. Go to that place where you recognize that I was. 
Go up there and settle there and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. Jacob, just in case you are forgetting who I am, I am the God that saved you. Remember, you were with an inch of, of your life, with absolutely nothing. I remember that, Jacob, and I want you to as well. Now go there, and you are going to worship me. In the blank, you can write, sometimes we need to look back and count the blessings of the past. Sometimes we need to look back and count the blessings of the past. So, so as I look back at my past, uh, I told you that it's 10,000 diapers per child. We had five children. And I think I probably changed 40,000 of the 50,000. My wife maybe did 10. <laughs> but my memory is a little, it seemed like it. I'll put it that way, right? And so this is what happens for me when I see young families with children and I see parents who look like they haven't gotten sleep in a long time. I, I, it causes me to look back. And, and sometimes even we have the pictures where we go back and go like, oh my goodness. I, I, I forget those days sometimes and it might just be my body's way of coping, of forgetting it and, and what that was like as, as we had five kids in seven years. I don't know what we were thinking. But the, but the beauty of it is we can look back and we can say, the Lord brought us through this. And, and we say, thank you for that. As I look back at my education, I, I look back at the, the, the tens of, of, of thousands, right, of, of hours that I have gone to school and I can look back and, and as my kids go and they're like, oh my gosh, we don't know how long we want to go to school and all of that, that I can look back and I can say, you know what, the, the Lord has brought me through this and, and I can be thankful for that. And so for you, as you look at, I think today is a day where you want to stop. The first part of going full circle is to stop. Stop where you're at and just turn around a little bit. Look in the rear view mirror and, and it starts with thanks. And I hope you can do that right now. It's an exercise that I encourage. Can you do that for me today? Can you pick three things as you look back at the circles that you have gone through in life, the circles that have come around and come complete to thank God for? And so maybe it is as I look at it, because again, I think I'm more like Jacob's age a little bit, where I can look back and we can say, you know what, we got our kids through diapers. And we got our kids, for the most part, through school. And we got them, for the most part, out of the house. And, and that's a good thing. And so as you look at that, it, it's look back and give thanks to God. So uh, in the blank, if we haven't filled that in yet, the, first or the second blank is sometimes we need to look back and count the blessings of the past. God was encouraging Jacob to do that. Remember Esau? Remember, that's all taken care of now, isn't it? Remember that how poor you were? Remember you didn't have a family? You were all alone. Now you have a huge family. Now I have blessed you and taken care of you. Man, Jacob, just look, look back and, and, and realize what I've done. And we thank God when we do that. We continue. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were there, get rid of all the foreign gods you have with you and purify yourselves 
and change your clothes. As I read this, and I, I don't know if you read this, maybe you find this surprising. This was, this was Jacob, someone who knew God really in a, in, in a very close way, someone who had this close relationship with God, and, and now his, his kids, and some of them are getting older, have some false gods, that, that the people who are with them had, had these false gods as well. And what you see is the influence that, that Laban and his household had, and, and the people even where he lived, the influence they had on Jacob and his family in, in a not-so-good way. And so we can see, as painful as it was, maybe to get away from Laban, that it was incredibly necessary. We continue. Then come, let us go up to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress and who has been with me wherever I have gone. That, my friends, is the win of the loop. The win is when we, we go through a loop and, and we realize that it is hard and, and there's a, a lot going on and it's painful and there's a lot of work to do. And what does Jacob realize through all of this? This is the God that did it for me. Even at times when I thought I was doing it, when, when other people were trying to take the blessings from me, by going to Bethel today, at God's command, it's reminding me everything that he's done for me, and he can be trusted. Not only by me, but you know what? Look at my track record and believe that God can be trusted by you as well. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods they had and the rings in their ears, and Jacob buried them under the oak at Shechem. So, so it was a little time of a reformation for them. So in the blank, you can write, sometimes we need to look around and address the problems of the present and the influence of our culture. Okay, so we look back, now it's time to look around. And, and this is something that uh, Stephen mentioned a little bit in the Confession of Sins today. And, and the reason why foreign gods are so, so bad, uh, the, the idea of idols is because they take credit for what is done instead of giving credit to God. Now, we don't do this, right? We don't have false gods, so that's not an issue. Except we do, and I do. I'll give just one example of the way that it starts. As many of you know, I'm a Cub fan, okay? 2016, the Cubs won the World Series, but here's what you might not know. Every time I turned on the television in game seven of the World Series, something bad happened. So you know what I did? I turned it off because if I turn it off, then they'll do well. Then what happened in, in game seven of the World Series, for those of you who don't know, there was a rain delay. And at, at the time of the rain delay, it's a tie game. So what I did is I not only turned off the TV, but I went for a walk with my wife. And as we were walking, I said, it's a rain delay. It's gonna take at least 30 minutes. We got plenty of time to walk around. About 15, 20 minutes in is when the rain delay was over and we happened to be walking down one of these horse paths and these people were watching the game and we heard the screams of Cub fans as the Cubs were scoring some runs. So we hurry up and we got home. By the time we got home, Cubs are winning, get to the bottom of, of the inning, 
and Carl Edward Jr. No, he's not. Yeah, Carl Edwards Jr. is there, and he's, oh my goodness, gets first two outs, then things start to go sideways, so you know what I do? Turn off the TV and leave because the only way the Cubs will be allowed to win the World Series is if I am not watching it. And we all know that that worked. So thank you to me because I pretty much won the World Series for the Chicago Cubs after 100 years. There is, there is a, there, there is, used to be an NFL commercial, I think it was, it's only crazy when it doesn't work, right? And so what do we do? We put on our rally hats. We, we get a rally monkey. We get whatever it is because we, we feel like we want to get control of the situation. That is what we're talking, that is the origin of foreign gods. And what it shows is inside our hearts is, is either having the desire or deep down the belief that I am in control of things and God is not. Look around. And this is the time when you look inside as well. And you say, Lord, take away my sin. Take away my idols because they're making me miserable. When I do that, it makes me the hamster on the wheel. It keeps me running after things and, and thinking that I have got to take care of all this and I can't. This is why it's a blessing to worship God and give him the praise that he deserves so that in times of trouble, we can also turn to him. We continue. So look around. The next one is, then they set out and the terror of God fell on the towns all around them so no one pursued them. So in the blank you can write, sometimes we need to look forward and trust God for our future. Sometimes we need to look forward. Just saying, you know, as we look at this, if anyone here has anxiety, which I do, one of the worst types of anxiety I have is what's called anticipatory anxiety. And anticipatory anxiety, the thing about it, what I find is I worry about things that haven't happened and may not even happen. And, and so what that comes as a result of is thinking I'm in control, and then it's like, how can I control the future? I can't even con control the present. And yet I'm worried about what's going to happen in the future. And so it, this is the encouragement that as you look back, look around, and then look forward, why God needs to be the center of this. So sometimes I need to look forward and trust God with my future, with our future. Let's go to the next page. This is why. This is why all of this is so important. So Jacob comes back to the promised land, has to deal with Esau again, has all this trouble. The chapter right before this, chapter 34, I'm not going to get into it a lot, but Jacob, his sons, killed a whole town full of people. And when that happened, it's a long story, they raped one of the, the um, sisters and then they, they pretended like they were being friendly with them and there was going to be a wedding. And then they came and killed them all. And Jacob came and said, what did you guys just do? Do you not realize these people who live in this town also have people who live in other towns? 
Do you think you feel like you had to go because your sister was raped that you had to go and kill all of them? What do you think is going to happen with these other towns when they realize what we've done? They're going to see us as a threat and now they're going to come after us. Jacob's like, are you guys kidding me? So all of a sudden, as he's moving forward to the promised land, another loop begins. Another problem begins. Something he has to deal with. But now I want to share with you some more of them. This is after Bethel. When they moved from Bethel, while they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, don't despair for you have another son. And she breathed her last for she was dying. She named her son Ben-Oni which means son of my pain, that I'm in pain and I have given birth to a son. And Jacob just couldn't name him that because every time he would call his name Benoni, it would be a reminder of his wife's death. But his father instead named him Benjamin, Benjamin, which means son of my right hand, of my strength, that this is a son who is going to be very close to me. The point is this that as Jacob's moving forward, all of a sudden there's another loop he didn't expect. It's the death of his wife. It's the death of, of someone who is very, very close to him. And now as he has to go forward, as he's looking at a journey he was expecting to take with her the whole way, it all changed. The next one. Isaac lived 108 80 years. Then he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, old and full of years. And his son Esau and Jacob buried him. The reason why this is a big thing is you might remember from our previous readings that Esau said, as soon as dad is dead, I'm going to kill Jacob then. And so for Jacob, it's like, oh great, here we go. Dad's dead. We're going to go bury him. Is Esau going to try to make a move and kill me now? That's my anticipatory anxiety. That's what that is. What, what, what happens if this? How am I going to control it? What if he tries pulling that? And it's something that didn't happen. But here's the deal. Is, is this is where it stops for today. But we haven't even gone to another loop that he's going to take, which is the belief that Joseph died. So he's going to go through the death of his wife. He's gone through the death of his parents. He's going to go through the death of a child. And each one of these, as he's moving forward, is a loop. And, and, and it's just this, this pain that he's going to endure. And so in the blank, you can write, our lives are a series of circles in which we receive promises from God, experience life and pain, and then return to God's promises. That also gets my anticipatory anxiety going. What next, right? And for Jacob, it was like that. For your lives, it's like that. What's next? Because there is a guarantee that as you go through life, things are going to happen and things that challenge you and your relationship with God. And so this is what I would like you to think, to look at this in a positive way and to think about these cycles. I think we have a, uh, let's go to the picture instead the game board. There we go. All right. Here is what your life looks like. 
as you think about a Monopoly game, you go through, and I want you to first think about it in terms of cycles and circles, right? You go in a circle. And what is the best part about going around a Monopoly circle? Pass and go. What happens when you pass go? Pass go, collect $200, baby. Woo, lay it on me. I made it through another round. And what is the biggest punishment of a Monopoly game? Do not pass go. And go to jail. Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And you're like, oh, that is the worst. How am I going to get through the next time? If I just make it pass go, I'll get what I need. And I think that's why they have boardwalk right beforehand. And if someone puts a hotel on it and you land on it, it's like, oh, my goodness. How am I going to do that? What am I going to need to sell? But here's the deal. This is what I want you to think about the cycles of your life. I want you to think about the circles. And and passing go is the time that you get to have in an interaction with God. And I would argue that the reason why our lives are painful, like it's like a monopoly game that doesn't have go on it. That, That when that happens, then it just turns into a wheel where slowly but surely all my assets are drained, that I finally get to the point where game is over and I leave here with nothing. But look at the, the next part. What are the circles you draw in your life? This is the time where I ask you to, to be purposeful in your drawing. And the first one, one, I have it there, first of all, daily. One Bible commentator says it this way, that he says, life with God is like breathing. I breathe out my sin and I breathe in God's forgiveness. And just as it is essential to do that, how many times in a day? that I go back to God. That's called praying continually, having God there all the time. But then you can see it in a daily, on a daily basis. They're right there in repentance, meditation, and prayer. Man, I, I just got done reading a, a book on prayer that's so powerful, and the encouragement that it gave me was, Dan, you know, don't, don't be doing this just once a day. And, and so what I've done is I've started a, a prayer regiment and, and uh, a time of meditation where I do it in the morning, in the middle of the day, at the end of the day. And I'm just telling you, it's like being able to pass go three times. It, it's just so helpful. And what it does is it doesn't change a lot of things necessarily in my life, but it changes me. And it changes my attitude and my heart. And it, and it fills me up again in such a great way. So that's, that's the daily circle that I'm asking you. Notice, I'm asking you to draw the circle because you do have the control to do this, to go back to God, to his word, to talk to him in prayer. And even as Jacob went to Bethel, if you remember at Bethel, it was angels going down. They were making the cycle, bringing the blessings, going with his prayers. And it, and it was a constant cycle that God wants us to have. On a weekly basis, the encouragement of why I encourage you to come here and, and to a growth group and all of that, this is the place where you get to pass go again. And you get to have the encouragement of someone preparing a message for you and sharing part of God's word with you. Yearly, as you look at this, as you go through again these cycles, and, and what it'll help you do is see in each year I, I'm closer to God, that I'm moving forward to what he has called me to in heaven. 
And then occasional things, as you look back, look around and look forward. You are in cycles, in circles, in seasons of your life. Call them whatever you want to call them. But if you are at a place, and and I tell you, I get there, where you feel like you are going nowhere and there is no progress, this is the way that you come full circle. Those occasional ones, maybe it's a, a family vacation where you go home, a place you haven't been in a long time. You go back full circle and, and you, you look, a, look back, look around, look forward at God's blessing for you. All of these, these are the plans God has for you as you go back to the forgiveness you have in Jesus Christ and enjoy the blessings he has given you. I'll say it one more time and I'll say it one more time. Draw circles in your life that take you past, not go, but take you past God that you go and you receive that blessing and have the power to live your life and have him move forward and be with you. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for the different circles of life, the different cycles of life, the different seasons of life, whatever we, we wanna call them, because Lord, there are finish lines, but all the finish lines we run into are also starting lines. And so, Lord, we need the strength and and we know that you give it to us. So help us on a daily basis to confess our sin, to breathe out and to let those all go and to breathe in the forgiveness that you offer us through Jesus Christ. You have paid for our sins. You love us so much. Help us enjoy the, the beauty of that every single day, every single week, every single year, every single moment of our lives. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. I just can't tell you, this, this week as I've gone through this lesson, it just makes so much sense to me. Because you are in circles. If you feel like you are going in circles in any portion of your life, the encouragement is is in that circle, include a trip to Bethel. Include a trip to the house of God. How in that circle that I'm going through, in, in that rat race, in the wheel that I feel that I'm running on, how is that affected by the fact that death could not hold Jesus? How, how is that affected by the, the fact that your God is the maker of heaven and earth? It's the one who sent his son to be your savior, the Holy Spirit who, who lives inside us and breathes into us through, through his word. How does that affect whatever circle you are in? Because I'm telling you, it does. And, and that's what it means to go full circle, full circle back to God and to Christ with every single need we have. And as you go, go forward with his blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day.